Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Conservative Woman's Guide. I'm your host, Peyton Smith, and today I'm joined by Lindsay Fifield, visiting fellow at Independent Women's Forum and homemaker, for an episode on the Conservative Woman's Guide to finding the middle ground between girl bosses and trap vibes. Lindsay has a broad range of experience in digital communications from her time in the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, American Action Network, the Heritage Foundation, and Nikki Haley for President. She is also a self-proclaimed semi-crunchy mom to two little girls. There has been a cultural battle recently that has divided young women. On social media today, there seems to be two options for women, become a traditional wife and only work inside the home, or become a girl boss who has little flexibility for family time. But women should be able to have both. Studies show that most women prefer part-time and flexible work after having a child. At New, we believe in opportunity feminism and supporting women no matter what path they choose, but also showing that there is middle ground between the two extremes. Before we get into the interview, make sure you're subscribed to the Conservative Woman's Guide wherever you get your podcasts, and if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. Welcome, Lindsay. Hello. Good to be here. So excited. Why don't we just jump right in, and I'm going to start off with a bang. Where do you stand on the debate that is currently going on between the trad wife movement and girl bosses? You really do get right to it, don't you, Peyton? Oh my gosh. Okay. And this is on the record, right? I'm scared to say something that's going to make either side mad. I actually love Karen Lips uh, did a, a, an Instagram reel recently that like put it perfectly where it was like, you feel like you're stuck between you've got these like radical leftist feminists on the left saying, don't do it. Don't be a trad wife. It's like the handmaid's tale. And then we've got trad wives, a lot of them on the other side, making it seem like, This is the only way to live a worthwhile life. Otherwise, you're going to be a childless harpy and your life is meaningless. And it's like, no, neither of these things is exactly true. I feel like we need to do a better job of, I think what I try to do is uh, demonstrate what a wonderful, fun, fulfilling life this is without really saying this is the only way to do it or telling people that they should do it. Just being kind of an example or maybe a role model of, you know, this this is something that's possible for you, by the way. And also that it is a very good and and fulfilling life and hoping that young women would see women like me and think, oh, I can do it. It is possible. And this, you know, it sounds, sounds great. When I first came to Washington, D.C. and did comms, there was no, I didn't, I looked for role models of like, who are the moms? Who are the women who are married and have children and are still making it work and doing this? And I really tried to model my steps in, you know, after them to be able to know that this was possible. And there weren't a lot when I first got here, I'll be honest. And so that's what I'm trying to be now to women in my life, especially here in my area is just saying, yes, you can do it. And there are really important steps that I know we'll talk about to help you get there. Yeah. Speaking of the steps, what do you think women can do in their twenties or before marriage and starting the family? I'm kind of at that point right now in my life to help set themselves up for that next step in their lives. First of all, congratulations. I'm so excited. I love following, I love following wedding updates because it's just such a beautiful season of your life. And I think it's so important to be in that season and, and really enjoy it because it's such a precious, wonderful time. Every season is such a wonderful and precious time. I'm in another newborn stage. I have a second newborn and I'm really aware now of how fast it goes by. Um, and so for that reason, I think my, my, to answer your question, your twenties go by so quickly, which I know everyone is so sick of hearing when you're in your twenties, you just have constantly people telling you like, Oh, enjoy it. You're going to, it's going to go by so fast. 
but I really mean, I know it sounds trite, um, but don't just enjoy it. Yes, enjoy it, but be really intentional with each year of your 20s um, and how you spend that time building your career, um, choosing what kind of career path you want to take, because I very deliberately chose a career path. I'm in political communications and more of the digital side, and I'm doing more consulting work now than I you know, was previously. No more campaigns for me. Um, but I... I think Karen also talks a bit about this as well, about paying your dues in your 20s, working really hard, really, really hard, knowing that those dividends are going to pay off when you're in your 30s and you're a mom and you need that grace or you need to be able to say, okay, I'm more of a consultant role now. I'm stepping back and I'm letting or I'm managing people now. And when you're in your 20s, working really hard and proving yourself and learning everything you can, getting that really important experience building those relationships and building that network that you're going to need to fall back on. But then also choosing the career field that's going to allow you to take a step back and then come back into the workforce later if you want to, that's going to allow you to work from home like I do. And so I made a really deliberate choice when I was in my 20s, even though I didn't even, I didn't even have a husband yet. I didn't even have the, the boyfriend yet. But I knew that this is something that I wanted and there was no downside to me picking this career field because even if it never worked out, even if God's plan for me was not to get married and have children, I knew that I would be in a place where I had more options open to me to do so. And it just only happened to be a coincidence that because of COVID and everything else, people finally realized, oh, people can work from home. It's so crazy. Um, and moms, I think really this was their time to shine and show, yes, we can be even more productive when you let us work from home. And I really just built on that. Once I got a taste of being able to work from home and be a mom, there was no going back for me. I yeah. could never make myself, first of all, childcare. We don't even have to get into that debate. I know it's really controversial, daycare, <laughs> no daycare, all of that. I love having my littles with me at home. I only, <laughs> it's funny for this podcast recording, I took them to the neighbor's house for an hour, but Usually it's chaos in here and I love it and it's great. And it's just, it's such a short season that I want, I want to be here and I don't want to miss any of it with them. Yeah. You touched a little bit on choosing a career path that allows you then to work from home. How can women in college who desire a family in the long run choose that career path that satisfies both their career goals and their goals when it comes to having a family? It's so hard because I, I feel almost even though it worked for me, it's almost like I'm ill-equipped to really evangelize like what to do or give people that pathway because I, it was like almost an accident for me that I came into political comms and then realized we used to call it new media back in the day. Now we call it digital. It's not new media anymore. But I was like, wait a minute, this can be done. This work can be done anywhere that I have a strong Wi-Fi signal. I could be in London. I could be in France, I could be in my living room, a coffee shop. It doesn't matter where I am. I can get this work done. And I think when you, you know, do a search and look for career fields that allow you that flexibility, but that's not always the perfect answer for everyone. I have a lot of mom friends in the neighborhood with me who are actually in healthcare. They're, they're nurses and they work staggered shifts or they only work two or three shifts a week and they work at different times to, you know, they have family help or whatever the case may be. And that works for them. And so it's not a one size fits all solution. There are so many career paths that you can kind of fit to what your family needs and also where your skills are. There's a great Mike Rowe quote that's don't follow your passion, follow where your skills are. And I followed where my skills are. I'm a writer. I'm a communicator. It's what I love to do and it's what I'm good at. 
And so I know that I can, it's not going to be a struggle for me to be able to do that. There are a lot of moms who drop out of the workforce, decide to be stay-at-home moms, decide that they're going to do, I don't know, sales, online marketing, and they get these jobs and then they hate it. They're very unsatisfied. It's really difficult for them to do. Then the chaos and cacophony of children playing in the background add to that stress of like, oh, I can't do this. And it's because they're in a stressful position that's unnatural to them. I am very grateful that now I have a job that I can do at certain times of day and be responsive at certain times and really make it work for me. But also, it's not hard for me. I can write these things really quickly. I can record these things really fast. And so it's, it's not, I'm not going upstream as it were. So I, I think find something that you're good at and that if that means you should be a nurse instead of being a, you know, more of an online person, then that's great. But, um, there are tons of different options now that are remote only. And I think if you go into your job hunts and, or your career searches, making sure that that's a priority. And it might not be always. You can, I think, again, pay your dues, be willing to work in an office for when you don't have children. <laughs> There's no, mm-hmm. no problem commuting and listening to podcasts when you don't have kids to get home to. But that can be a great way to start out and to really be you know, intentional about it. Yeah. Now that you're more established in your career, how do you balance that? Because you do a lot. How do you balance all of that on top of being a mother? I know you touched on it briefly, but could you go a little bit more into that? Yeah. Um, I don't, I just don't, <laughs> no, see, I don't balance. I think that's the, the kind of like misconception. I think, well, I, I tried to, and it was mm-hmm. really, really hard. I, I don't know how many people I've worked for Nikki Haley for a brief time, especially like when she first launched her campaign and I was, you know, pregnant, had a toddler. My husband was, you know, really stressed out. He has a very high stress, very demanding job. And I felt like I was failing in every part of my life. I felt like I was failing in my relationships with my family. I was forgetting relatives' birthdays. I forgot my grandmother's birthday. I was, you know, always in traffic coming back from DC. I felt like I was always rushing somewhere. My health wasn't, you know, I wasn't prioritizing myself. I wasn't prioritizing my family. Um, And it felt like a really hectic, stressful time. And it, it was just too much trying to do it all. And so what I came to was you can't, you can't, and there's no way that you're going to be able to serve everyone beautifully and perfectly in a graceful way, and then come home and be able to have dinner on the table and everything that I wanted to do. My, my biggest priority is taking care of my family and having a calm, peaceful, happy home for my husband to come home to with dinner and happy children and a happy wife. And instead I was like stressed out and complaining and just not, not a good person to be around. And so it was a really difficult time. And what that really showed me that very brief season was, nope, I cannot do that. There's no more working in an office for me. There's no more traveling right right now for me. Maybe in the future, it'll be easy again. Um, but I think that's the answer is don't try to balance it all. I think making making sure that you have that grace and give yourself, a, you have a plan and make sure that you ask for the help that you need to get the support that you need to not try to do it all. Because if you do, you will burn out and you need to make some small sacrifices. Again, work as hard as you can when you can so that you have that. um, Now that I am a little bit more, as you said, established in my career, I guess that's a good way to put it. I do way less now and I, I have scaled way back. I don't write as much as I used to. I'm not doing as much video work as I used to. I'm very happy to do, you know, podcasts and things like this whenever I'm asked because it's so fun. 
And I try to just fit all of that in where I can, but I am, you know, I only have two contracts right now, for example. In a normal time when I didn't have children, I'd probably have six. And so I think it's really just a testament to knowing, you know, don't, don't try to overstress yourself. It's not worth it. In the long run, your family is going to be happier um, if you try to, to just do less and really listen to yourself or li- like listen to your family and try to prioritize from there. Yeah, I think, I don't know where I heard it, but one of my favorite quotes was, you can have it all, but you might just not be able to have it all at one time. So kind of realizing that and being okay with that. But how do you set those boundaries to ensure that work doesn't intrude on your family time? Because I think we've heard that that's an issue where people struggle. I even struggle with it, like turning my laptop off, working from home, especially like turning my laptop off, not being on my email at dinner with my friends. Like how do you kind of set those boundaries for yourself? Oh, it's such an important question. And it's so hard. I think number one, I had to have a conversation with my husband about it because I think quietly, I just thought to myself that he was going to be disappointed somehow, or like that he wasn't going to let me go part-time or, or stop working as much. But I finally had that conversation where I was like, I know this is not working. Like this is chaos. We need, like, something's got to give. I need to step back. And he was like, of course. I'm like, yes, please do. I didn't, he didn't want to pressure me to do less. And so I can just be like an energizer bunny if I'm not really, uh, I think creating a lot of artificial deadlines has helped me or cre- and creating artificial boundaries where I say no phone in the bedroom, no email after a certain hour, um, no group chats after a certain hour. And do I break those rules? Sometimes, yes, absolutely. It's really difficult to, to, to enforce those rules for yourself. But when I find myself stretched, then those are the first things that I really come back to and get strict on with myself. And then when things are a little bit easier and things feel better, yeah, I can loosen up a little bit more and I can take on some new projects and whatever. But when you feel yourself starting to burn out, those are the times that you need to reach for those supports in your life and also communicate well. And having a supportive boss and having a supportive manager or team is really key for this. And they are not going to think you're a slacker or that you're lazy or that you are somehow just wanting to like skate out and be, you know, we have the stereotype of Gen Z being lazy and some of it might be earned. Um, but I think it's really important to set those expectations with your employer, with your manager, or if you're independent with your clients, but making sure you're communicating, I think can be very difficult to start that conversation, especially if you don't want to give the perception that you're lazy or that you're slacking. Um, so make sure that you have those conversations in a really constructive way where it doesn't seem like, I just want to dip out at three o'clock on Fridays to go to the beach. It's not about that. It's I really need to value my time and myself so that I can be my best self at work. And I think employers want that. They want happy employees because then you're not going to leave them and go on to another place where they're going to be treated better. Employers want you to be happy so that you're doing the best work for them. So communicating is really key for that. Another a lot of articles, Karen even wrote one about like the lazy girl jobs and that's like, trending on social media and stuff. But also in the media, we've seen a lot of anti-motherhood articles. Why do you think the media is so negative on motherhood and starting a family? It's really nasty out there. Um, it's funny. I didn't change anything about how I communicated online. All I did was add homemaker to my bio on Twitter and mm-hmm. Instagram. And suddenly the comments that I started getting in replies to, you know, when I would weigh in on policy debates, um, 
when I would, you know, even just offering up my opinion in any in any capacity, people would respond and say, you're not allowed to have an opinion. You don't even have a, you don't contribute to society. You're just a, you're just a stay at home mom. You're like, as if it's some, like, I'm just like eating bonbons on the couch and like, I don't deserve, or, and as if I haven't been in the workforce for 15 years or, you know, have had nothing to contribute to society. Um, but those, those kinds of comments can be really hurtful if you let them get under your skin. But actually what I now just tell myself is it's just sad that they have that, that mentality that they've, they don't know what they really, they, they have no idea what it really means to be a stay-at-home mom or what this lifestyle really is. But it's really sad to me that they have a, a mentality that this is some like pathetic, I'm barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and my husband tells me what to think and none of those things are true. And I think that is, it's a really limiting mindset. And I wish that there was a more mainstream. And yes, that's what the trad wives purport to be doing is they're trying to get people to see this as a really attractive lifestyle. You've got ballerina farms and other influencers that are signaling like this is a beautiful and fulfilling way to live. And I think that that's wonderful. But I think the backlash to it and the response that we see to it is kind of a projection of a generation who were raised by moms that were in the workforce. Many of them did not enjoy motherhood and did not enjoy raising their children. And their kids heard that. They, they, got, the, they got the message that this is not fun. Their moms were burned out and stressed out. Now they're like, I don't want to do that. Why would I? I want to have my little life and my little apartment and my little corporate girl boss job. Why would I want to be a trad wife um, when my mom was so miserable doing that kind of thing? And I think it's so important for us to all the more show that that's not true. That's not what this life can be. It's such a limiting mindset. And we really need to make sure that people see it's, it's such a fulfilling way to live. If you choose, if that's the direction that you want to go, it doesn't have to be a burned out, stressful, you know, this picture that we have of like Ron Weasley's mom trailing a bunch of kids through a train station and like frantic all the time. It's not like that. It's, um, it can be a really awesome, awesome life. How are you able as a working mom to kind of overcome all of those different societal pressures that you've probably felt or like that we've been talking about? It's not a linear thing because there are days when I'm like, I don't care. You can say whatever you want um, and it doesn't bother me. And then there are days where it does bother me. It just depends on where it's coming from. I think the times when it does bother me is when I see it coming from influencers directly to an audience of women in college and, and to the younger generation and having that message of negativity of don't you dare do this. It's such a horrible thing. And you know, talking about, you know, what women overcame and how hard we worked to be able to give you um, the freedoms to be a girl boss and don't you dare squander that. Um, I was given those messages when I went to college. I was told, don't get your MRS degree. Don't throw it all away. You know, those were the messages that I was given. Um, and I now look at that again as projection. And mm -hmm. I, I try not to let it bother me, but I, it, it does make me angry that it's like you're lying to another generation of young women. And what really heartens me is I think a lot of young women are waking up and seeing like, okay, where are they now? Let's check back in with Gen X women that leaned out and didn't, or, you know, didn't have children, but decided to just focus on their careers. They're now older, childless, they have rescue dogs and they, a lot of them are very sad with their life choices and don't, you know, it doesn't look very attractive uh, to this younger generation who are kind of looking around and thinking like, okay, what do I want my life to look like in 20 years or 30 years? 
Do I want to build a family? When do I want to do it? Do I want to marry young? You know, you're making those choices right now. You're at least thinking about it and, or like how you want to get there. And when you look at the women who are happiest, those things should help you make your decisions. If, you know, when you orient your life towards what you want and you really look at the outcomes that people who are really evangelizing one way or or the other, um, I think you'll see the people that are happiest are people who chose motherhood and chose to prioritize their families um, over a career that doesn't care about you. Were there mistakes early in your career that you learned from? I know we were touching about so many a little bit prior. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Um, Gosh, you know, it's, and yet it's hard to, it's, I think when you look back at your life, you're going to have regrets and you're going to wonder what if I'd done this or what if I had done that differently? Number one thing, and this isn't really career, but if you're in a relationship or if you're dating one, you're not dating for fun. Stop saying that. Stop doing that. Get out of that mentality, period. I never had that mentality, but I still definitely, you know, I would be in a relationship and I think, okay, this is like, this is it. Clock's ticking. Let's, you know, and get out of relationships, break it off and move on quickly. If you feel like this isn't someone that you want to have children with, this isn't someone who's marriage minded, because you need to make those, don't waste your time in your, your twenties. Again, I know you hear it all the time. Women in your twenties, you're so tired of hearing people saying like, don't waste your time and like make the most of it. And like, I get that that pressure is there and I don't want to be a broken record, but when it comes to relationships, move on quickly. Don't, um, don't get too invested in a relationship with someone until you really know that you are compatible for marriage and for your goals together. And don't think, oh, I'll change his mind or, oh, he says he doesn't want kids, but I bet he will. Or, oh, he says he doesn't want to get married for five years. So I guess I'll just wait around. No. Do not do not do romanticize not do the fixer upper relationships. <laughs> yes, that is the worst. And I know you said career, but the same thing applies to careers. Do not get into a relationship with an employer who says, "Oh yeah, absolutely, we're we're flexible on on remote work, or we can have that conversation later." Or I or think to yourself, "Oh, once they see how much I can do from home, they'll." totally let me, they might be, you know, closed off to it now. No, I think you need to make, make sure upfront, both in relationships and in your career that you're communicating clearly, like what you want and what your goals are and that you're not making decisions in any capacity of life that don't align with that because it's just going to waste your time and it's just going to frustrate you. Or worst case scenario, you're going to end up making yourself small and changing your mind and saying, okay, I'm going to stay in this relationship because I really love him. And I guess I just won't have kids. I see a lot of women that have had that happen to them where they get in relationships. They think it's going to be one way. Then suddenly they're married and it's like, oh, well, he wants to wait a few years until we have enough to buy a house. And then it's like, oh, well, the housing market is really bad. And so we don't want to have kids yet. And then you're in your thirties and it's really hard don't do that to yourself. Um, and it's really sad to see when that happens. So again, and same thing with your career, there can be kind of mission where you think it's going to be one thing. You think you're going to be on a certain promotion track, or you think you're going to be on a certain, a certain team that you're not, you know, that you never actually end up on. Be quick to move on. If, uh, if those things are not happening for you and go to a place where you will be valued, um, and where you will be able to align with your goals. If you could go back and tell your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? 
Well, everything I just said for the last few minutes, although it worked out perfectly for me, there's because I met my husband, I love him so much. And if I had, if I had done things differently, I might not have met him and I wouldn't have the beautiful life that I have now. So I do think that you do have to trust that God has a plan for you. So even in those moments, and especially I will say this, there were times when I thought that I didn't want children, um, or I would say to myself, and now I look back on those times and it was really a projection because I was worried that I was never going to be able to be a mom or be able to be a stay at home mom. And so I would just, I think I, I was like protecting my heart from the, the, it's very sad when you feel like, I'm sure you guys can relate to feeling like, is it going to happen for me? Or maybe I'm never going to find the right person. I'm never going to get married. And it's a, it's a sad, you know, reality that a lot of us have that anxiety and fear around. And I think protect yourself from that and don't worry, trust that God has a plan for you and just be, I call it like a creature, like no other, just be happy and be vibrant and you like things will happen for you, but you have to have faith and don't ever be a defeatist. Don't ever have like a defeatist attitude about it and think like, Oh, I'm so sad. It's never going to happen for me because one way or the other, you can have a beautiful life and it doesn't have to be exactly the path that you think in college where you have a little list and you think like, okay, I'm going to get to college and I'm going to meet my husband and I'm going to get married and my friends are going to be my bridesmaids. And I've got this, like, you've got the track. It doesn't always have to work out that way. And I wish that I, I wish I had not put that much pressure on myself when I was in my twenties to, to like hit every benchmark perfectly because I had a lot of heartache and anxiety about it. And now I look back and I'm like, it all worked out. It all works out. If you just have faith. I think comparison to others, especially it's so easy online nowadays to compare yourself to others, but comparison really is a thief of joy. And one thing I've been working on personally is to be content with where I'm at in life and not continuously looking forward to the next steps in life, but just being like, just enjoying wedding planning right now and not looking forward to actually being married, but just like being content with where I'm at in life. Yes. Oh my gosh. The fiance season is so beautiful and wedding planning is so great. It's all, it's so hard to be in the moment. Like even on your wedding day, it's hard because it's such a blur. So I really just, and I'm so excited for you. And I just encourage you to, yes, be in the season that you're in, no matter if it's, you're, you know, you're in a fixer upper season where you're like, okay, I'm maybe you're focusing on your fitness. Maybe you're focusing on your education, but you're thinking about that end goal of the journey just be where you are and be happy with where you are. I think it's, it's cliche, but it's worth repeating um, because it's really important uh, and it'll make you happy in the long run if you can be happy wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've adored talking about this topic with you. You have such great insight. I could talk to you for hours about it. I'm <laughs> glad that we had this conversation. If you ever, if you ever want to just call and chat about it again, usually there's a lot more kids and noise in the background though. So where can everyone find you? You can follow me at Lindsay Fifield on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and those are really the only places that I'm hanging out these days. Again, got to cut out all the clutter. Those are the yes. only pick, pick some platforms and stick to them. Don't try to be everywhere at once. So those, those are the two places right now. I'm still a visiting fellow at IWF. So I'm writing a lot and co- contributing to their blog a lot. So you can find me there as well. Perfect. Thank you again, Lindsay. It was truly great getting to interview Lindsay and hear firsthand how she has been able to balance being a working mom. Make sure to subscribe to the Conservative Women's Guide wherever you get your podcasts so that our new episodes automatically download. And leave us a five-star review and share this episode with your friends. And we'll see you next week.